Welcome to Happy Healthy Crazy, the podcast dedicated to bringing encouragement, healing, and support to all those living with mental illness. I'm your host, Bill, and I'm learning how to add happiness and health to my crazy. Today we are talking about overcoming addiction. I'm not a licensed therapist or doctor, just a person like you, living with mental illness every day. I hope that my stories will help you as we together continue our struggle for wholeness. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get started. Like many people with a mental illness, I have experienced addiction. Sometimes, life has been so hard, and the struggle has been so long, that I was willing to do almost anything just to feel better. In my quest to find peace and happiness at any price, I have sometimes chosen destructive behaviors, and sadly, I'm not alone. Addiction and mental illness are often found together. They can be so intertwined that it's impossible to separate them, and it's a very common problem. Mental health professionals actually have a name for this called dual diagnosis. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, about one-third of people with mental illnesses and about one-half of people with severe mental illnesses also experience substance abuse. Looking at it from the other side, about one-third of all alcohol abusers and more than one-half of all drug abusers report suffering from a mental illness. There are, of course, many things which can be abused. Drugs and alcohol are perhaps the most famous, and they are very serious addictions. But people can also be addicted to caffeine, nicotine, adrenaline, gambling, hoarding, work, pornography, sex, you name it. There are almost as many possible addictions out there as there are addicts. Many addictions are just an overuse or misuse of something that is otherwise neutral or even good for us. The question is whether we can control using it or whether using it controls us. Take food, for instance. Food is something our bodies actually need. It's good, of course, to eat the right kinds of foods in the right amounts at the right times. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying good food. But it's possible to eat for the wrong reasons. Food can be a crutch we lean on to help us through bad days. To be honest, I sometimes struggle with this myself. At times, I eat candy bars, Reese's peanut butter cups are my downfall, or other snacks when I'm sad or stressed. It makes me feel better for a little while, but the high I get doesn't last very long. Entertainment is another example. Entertainment itself isn't necessarily wrong, depending on its content. Surfing the internet, reading for fun, watching TV, and taking in a movie are all fine in their place, and can be helpful tools to relax and unwind. We all need to laugh, and it's fun to enjoy a good mystery or drama once in a while. But I have to admit that sometimes I find myself binge-watching Netflix so that I don't have to feel my feelings or deal with things I need to address. Since we now all carry our screens with us everywhere we go, it's very, very easy to allow entertainment to get totally out of control. Before we know it, it can consume us and keep us living an unhealthy life. Entertainment without limits has at times stolen my time, my energy, 
and my focus. Perhaps you can relate. How can we know if we have an addiction, if we're misusing or overusing something in an unhealthy way? On their website, the Mayo Clinic provides a helpful list of symptoms of drug abuse, many of which are relevant to other types of addictions. As you listen to the list, replace the word drug with whatever you think you might be addicted to. Unless, of course, that happens to be drugs. Here they are. Feeling that you have to use the drug regularly. This can be daily or even several times a day. Having intense urges for the drug. Over time, needing more of the drug to get the same effect. Making certain that you maintain a supply of the drug. Spending money on the drug, even though you can't afford it. Not meeting obligations and work responsibilities. Or cutting back on social or recreational activities because of drug use. Doing things to get the drug you wouldn't normally do, such as stealing. Driving or doing other risky activities when you're under the influence of the drug. Focusing more and more time and energy on getting and using the drug. Failing in your attempts to stop using the drug. Experiencing withdrawal symptoms when you attempt to stop taking the drug. Recognizing drug abuse in family members. If you can relate to one or more of these symptoms, and especially if you recognize several, you may have an addiction in your life. If that's you, what can you do about it? Once you know that you may have a possible addiction, regardless of what it may be, what do you do next? Is there any way to end it? To help answer these questions, I'd like to share a few steps I took to help break the power of past addictions which enslaved me. Please note that while these steps may seem simple, they are not easy. They take great amounts of humility, commitment, dedication, and perseverance. They may also require significant time and effort to work through. First, I admitted I had a problem. There was no way for me to stop my addictions until I recognized that what I was doing was harmful to me and that I couldn't stop doing it on my own. I like how Alcoholics Anonymous puts this idea in the first of their 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. My addiction started as a way to find comfort. In the beginning, I felt I was in control, and everything seemed fine. I only turned to it once in a while, when I really wanted to. But over time, it grew into a habit, and it began to gain power. I leaned on it more and more. It started to become my primary way to cope. Eventually, it owned me. I had to have it, and the more I had, the more I needed I thought I could quit any time, but when I tried, it was impossible. Now, I had a serious problem. I had become powerless over my addiction, and it was hurting me. Things didn't begin to change until I could admit that to myself. Acknowledging failure and weakness isn't easy, but it is necessary. As the AA 12-step manual explains... 
we perceive that only through utter defeat are we able to take our first steps toward liberation and strength. Our admissions of personal powerlessness finally turn out to be the bedrock upon which happy and purposeful lives may be built. Second, I reached out for help. Once I admitted I was powerless over my problem, it was obvious that I needed help. But asking for help is not easy, especially for a man who was trained from childhood that real men can handle things on their own. I didn't want to admit that I was struggling, especially when I had kept my addictions a secret. When I finally did, I found that those who knew me and loved me were willing to be there for me and help me through it. I learned that, as columnist Rona Barrett wrote, the strong individual is the one who asks for help when he needs it. The right kind of help can come in a wide variety of packages specific to each type of addiction. For example, those addicted to substances such as drugs may need to check into a hospital or rehab facility to detox and receive medical help. Many addicts require long-term structure and accountability to ensure improvement. Depending on what I was dealing with at the time, I sought help from counselors and therapists, accountability groups, support groups, family and friends, and my wife. If you are struggling with an addiction, I encourage you to go to someone you trust and have a conversation about what types of help might be right for you. One person we can all reach out to for help is God. He knows all about our problems and is always ready to give us second chances and the strength to face our challenges. Jesus once said he came to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. I know many former addicts who credit their relationship with God as the most important source of their recovery. Third, I made a commitment to change. Now that I had recognized my addictions and reached out for help, I next had to make a decision. Was I or was I not going to seriously dedicate myself to end this problem? Was I willing to be as extreme as necessary to fix what was broken in my life? Would I choose to finally stop pursuing this harmful behavior? Only when I could answer these questions in the affirmative would I be ready to break the addiction. I had to make an honest, heartfelt commitment to do things differently. One thing that helped me do this was seeing the negative effects my addictions had on my wife and kids. This wasn't a victimless crime. I had harmed my family in the process, and realizing this gave me incentive to choose a new path. Fourth, I made life changes. A commitment to change is important, but it's meaningless if it isn't followed up by action. This is, as they say, where the rubber really meets the road. If I wanted to be a different person, I had to do things differently. Sometimes, we may need to take radical action to make a change. I know a pastor who struggled with a pornography addiction in his youth. When he got married and started in the ministry, he decided he was finished with it. Do you know what he did? He got rid of his computer and cell phone. 
completely got rid of them. Gone. There were no internet devices in his home, which meant there was no way for him to access porn. The only way he could even check his email was to go to the public library and use one of their computers in plain sight of everyone. And guess what? This radical approach worked. He broke the power of that addiction, and it is no longer a part of his life. If we can be that serious about ending our addictive behaviors, we too will find freedom. Well, that wraps it up for today's show. Thanks for listening to this edition of Happy, Healthy, Crazy. I'm so glad you made time in your day for us. I'd love to get your feedback on today's show or any other comments or questions you may have. As always, please contact me at bill at happyhealthycrazy.com. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week, and remember, it's okay to be broken. We're in this together, and our stories are far from over. Hi, this is Bill, host of Happy Healthy Crazy. If your civic group, church group, or recovery program is looking for an inspirational speaker for your next function, consider inviting me. My dynamic presentations increase understanding of mental illness, encourage those living with it, and let others know how they can help. Each presentation is fully customizable to your group's needs. I've shared my stories with many groups, ranging from a handful of people to crowds of hundreds. I would love the opportunity to speak to your group, too. Please contact me via email at bill at happyhealthycrazy.com for more information. Thanks, and I look forward to hearing from you soon.